six tips that will make you a better sand rider today. Let's get into it. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Motorcycle Adventures podcast. It is Friday, March 20th, and as promised, here we are with a second episode this week. Listeners, if you get a second, please take a moment, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And if you want to share it out on social media, just screenshot this episode and tag us on Facebook or Instagram. We're at Ben Motorcycle Adventures on both platforms. Believe it or not, plenty to talk about this week, and I'm not going to dig real deep into this coronavirus issue. I'm sure everyone is inundated with content, news, media, whatever. There's plenty of sources for your coronavirus information. Personally, I'm just adhering to CDC guidelines and going on about my business, obviously limiting contact with people, but it is affecting uh, off-road and adventure riders for sure. I know some states are under lockdown, and more specifically in Moab, it appears that non-locals have been barred from checking into hotels or even camping. I'm not sure about dispersed camping, but Moab is a really popular destination this time of year. I'm sure there were people with plans to vacation there, especially over spring break, but right now that's not an option. So just a heads up, wherever you're going to go, make sure you uh, check out or, or look for the latest information and updates uh, wherever you plan to travel. You know, personally, if uh, the state of Oregon were to be locked down or businesses shut down, I was considering getting out and, and riding some of these Southwestern BDRs with the downtime, but now I'm not even sure if if that's an option and I'm not sure if that's a great idea I could always camp off the bike but again if dispersed camping is is not legal or not available that may not be an option either and I've seen some people say hey don't treat this lockdown shutdown stuff like a like a vacation excuse me take it seriously so more to come on that we'll see what develops and all I can do is wish everybody the best and and hope that you are staying healthy so last weekend, it snowed five or six inches here in Central Oregon, kind of smashed any thoughts I had of, of maybe getting out and riding, at least locally, but it opened up another opportunity. I got a chance to watch the Annie BDR movie, film, debut, whatever you want to call it, from Backcountry Discovery Route, so I got to watch that. It was about an hour and a half long video. I rented it on Vimeo. I think it was about $5, $4.99, and supposedly that's coming, or supposedly, that is coming to Amazon Prime. So if you want to check out the NEBDR and the video, uh, I would highly encourage you to do so. I'm sure all the money spent renting, buying, watching the video will, will go right back into um, what we've come to know and love from the Ride BDR people, and that is developing these amazing adventure motorcycle routes for us. My take on the route, uh, it was really reminiscent. that The terrain was very similar to what you would see here in Oregon on the west side of the state. You're riding under canopy a lot. There's a lot of loose rocks, kind of different dirt, maybe slick dirt, a little bit of sand here and there, nothing nothing like you would experience in, in Nevada or Arizona, for instance. But again, very re reminiscent to the uh, the western seaboard over here, if you will. And, and, you know, again, being on the eastern seaboard, I think that's what one uh, might anticipate. It looked like there were a couple pretty technical expert-only sections, if you will, uh, with with alternates available there, but I didn't really see where those would be an issue. Really, the big issue for me living on you know the complete opposite side of the country is just logistics. How do I get over there? 
Um, how do I get a bike there? How do I rent a bike? I would really love to ride this and then ride the mid-Atlantic, pair those two together at some point. But it's it's more of a logistical matter than anything for me right now. So we'll look into that in the future. Again, it looks like a great route. It's not going to be like a, a Colorado or an Idaho where you can get up high and look around too terribly much. I didn't see that. But again, you wouldn't expect that from the eastern part of the country. That's more of a uh, west coast, midwest thing. But still, um, a lot of history back there. A lot of small towns on the east coast. And uh, for some of us, that's that's really what it's all about. Great riding and just a great overall experience. So stoked that another route has come out. And uh, as you know, we, we interviewed uh, Chris and Nathan Fant a few weeks ago, and they mentioned that uh, it could be NorCal or it could be Wyoming next. Either way, I would be excited to ride both. Obviously, NorCal, very convenient for me. I would be down there on that route and probably, what, two hours. So uh, more to come. Looking forward to more announcements from the uh, the group at Ride BDR. And as always, appreciate the the content and uh, a really nicely done uh, film about the NEBDR. In other news, the Giant Loop Buck and Roll Tank Bag is finally shipping. It's here. Those of you who place pre-orders probably already have it. Now, I got to play around with the uh, Buck and Roll for about three days this past fall, and it's a minimalist tank bag. You've got about 1.5 liters of storage, nice place to hold your cell phone, keys, uh, your power bars, or whatever you want to stuff in there. Again, it's a minimalist tank bag. It won't hog a bunch of real estate on your bike. And if you just don't love the uh, larger tank bags like Giant Loop offers and other companies, which I do love, especially on an adventure motorcycle, you want to take a good hard look at this buck and roll tank bag. I mean, having a place to store stuff, it's always a struggle. It's always a struggle to get everything packed away and stowed neatly. Giant Loop, again, comes up with another innovative solution. It's 99 bucks. GiantLoopMoto.com. Make sure you guys check that out. And hey, if, if you do end up buying a buck and roll, uh, let the guys at Giant Loop know you heard about it here. Let them know that I recommend it. I love working with those guys, and they've helped me out a ton. I can tell you that the uh, the customer service over there is second to none. So again, if you're looking for your motorcycle love it, oh, wow. If you're looking for your motorcycle luggage or packing solutions, I would highly recommend those guys over anybody else. All right, folks, that's about all I've got in respect to the news. So let's talk about the sand. Now, I don't know if there is any bit of terrain or or feature or whatever you want to call it, characteristic of a ride that strikes more anxiety in the minds of adventure riders than the sand. Uh, And I, I say that based off of my experiences doing what I've been doing for about four years and fielding questions from dual sport and adventure riders. And I can tell you that one of the most common questions I get asked when people are asking about routes or rides is, is there going to be sand on the route? And under most circumstances, the answer to that question is yes, there will be sand on the route. There are very few established motorcycle routes in the United States that don't have at least some sand. Obviously, there are plenty of routes that have more than others. Think SoCal BDR, Arizona, Nevada, so on and so forth. Um, Even Oregon. If you come to Oregon and ride the Oregon Backcountry Discovery Route, especially in the summer, once things have started to soften up, there is a ton of sand. There are very long sections of sand, varying degrees of difficulty. Um, Some places have kind of bottomless sand where you never really can get down to a base. Some places the sand or loose dirt 
is just a few inches deep. But why do people always ask me about this? That's really the question. The conclusion that I've come to is that people just don't get an opportunity to ride in the sand all that often or, or they avoid it. Um, you know, it's one, of, it's one of those, it's kind of an acquired taste, right? It's like caviar. Do you, do you want to ride in the sand or would you rather just go around and, and not worry about it? So when, um, you know, people are anxious about it, they have anxiety, they're sizing up a route and they know they've got a significant sand section on the route, uh, I don't blame them, especially if you're not prepared. I mean, you could get stuck in the sand, you could damage your bike, damage your body, you know, just just a short section of sand could ruin, you know, a week-long ride. So you want to be prepared for that, and that's why we're here today. Uh, I'm going to give you six tips to kind of help you get out there and be more confident in the sand right away. All right, let's get into this with tip number one, and that tip is tires. You need to have the right tires. Um, Let's just compare this to driving your car in the winter on icy or snowy roads. You're not going to be using racing slicks. You're going to have studs, traction tires, chains, four-wheel drive. Kind of the same ideas apply when we're talking about riding your adventure motorcycle or even your dual sport through the sand. Those factory tires, 50-50 tires, the things that come on your bike when you leave the showroom floor, unfortunately, they're not that great in the soft sand. And I, I totally get it. You know, if you're riding something like the Tad or you're going across the country and you've got to mix in a fair amount of pavement, a more aggressive tire is going to wear out considerably faster than those 50-50 type tires. But reality is, again, if your route has a substantial amount of sand on it, you need a more aggressive tire. And I'm not going to get into uh, brands or my favorites. If you want to know that stuff, you can email me and I'll definitely uh, shoot you a response. But in reality, what you're looking for is a tire with considerable knob depth and spacing and that knob depth that spacing will keep the tire clean it will help you spin which sounds counterintuitive but you'll spin and actually be able to get on top of the sand and propel yourself forward so you'll actually be able to generate momentum now if you're running just a 50 50 or kind of a street tire all you're going to do is sit there and dig if the sand is less extreme and you have momentum going into that stuff you won't have the control you have with a knobby type tire. So that is tip number one. Make sure that you're using the appropriate tire for the job. And again, we want considerable knob depth, good spacing, and that'll help you out. That that right there alone will make you a better sand rider than if you had shown up on a 50-50 tire and had to ride through a four-mile section of sand. You're going to come out the other side better if you had more aggressive tires on. Okay, tip number two, really simple, really easy relax. Just kidding. That's not easy at all, but that is tip number two. I want you to try and mitigate some of this anxiety and relax. Look, you're going to be out on the sand. Your bike is going to move underneath you a lot more than it normally does. You need to be loose and fluid on the bike. So I need you to relax, not hold on so tight, not get so tense. All those things will inhibit your ability to control, steer, and navigate your way through the loose stuff. Now, perhaps this is going to sound a little bit funky to you, but I'm going to share with you uh, some tips that I used when I raced off-road and motocross. And and why do I bring these things up? Well, uh, imagine yourself on the starting line with 40 other people trying to to be one of the first people to get through that first turn. It's a very uh, tense and intense situation. 
And what I would always do is close my eyes when I was sitting on the gate, which I wouldn't advise you do when you're riding your bike. But if you pull over for a minute, close your eyes, take really deep breaths, try to visualize yourself conquering the sand and just relax. Try to control that heart rate. Look, a tense rider is a rider that is in trouble. Every time that I've got intense, got pumped up, got really anxious, I always made stupid little mistakes. And in the sand, a stupid little mistake could actually compound into something much greater. So again, tip number two, relax. Let's focus on that breathing. Let's lessen our grips. Let's lessen our grip on the bike. Let's not have that death grip on there. And let's try to mitigate our anxiety, right? You're in control of the bike. You can get through the sand. Control your breathing. Focus, focus, focus. Tip number three. So we've got the right tires on. We've visualized ourselves conquering the sand. We're in control of our breathing. Anxiety is a thing of the past. So how should we position our bodies on the bikes when we're riding in the sand? And this is something that people argue about all the time. So I'm just going to give you my two cents. I'm not saying I know better than everybody else, but um, I would advise you to not put a lot of weight or pressure on the front of the bike. Why? Because that collapses the forks further. The sand is soft. Your bike will have a tendency to knife, usually in a direction that you don't want to go. In fact, my advice would be to keep a neutral riding position, whether you're standing or sitting or a neutral attack position, very, very common riding position. That's what I would advise most people to do, especially if you're just, you know, a short duration in the sand. Now, if you happen to watch me on video, which you will this summer, because I'm going to do some videos on this stuff, you'll see me at times way over the front end, standing, looking way out. That's because I'm going, you know, relatively fast across the sand. At times, you'll see me with my, my butt over the rear fender, trying to get out of a turn. That's just the way I ride. But generally speaking, a neutral body position, in control of the bike, not making quick movements or quick reactions, that's going to serve you best, help you stay on top of the sand and continue on with your journey. All right, tip number four, maintaining momentum, right? How do we maintain momentum when we're out in the sand? Let me tell you, the throttle, <laughs> the throttle is your friend. It, it, it helps you maintain momentum, obviously, keeps you upright, keeps you balanced. But if you don't use enough of it, one of two things are going to happen. You're going to get stuck or you're going to fall over. And, you know, I wish I could give you a finite number and say, hey, uh, if you go 18 miles an hour across the sand, you will maintain momentum. You'll be safe. You won't have any issues. But I can't. You know, conditions are going to vary. Some sand sections are deeper than others. Some have a base. Some are just bottomless like we have around here. Uh, some of it may be wet. If it's wet and packed, that type of sand is really fun and enjoyable to ride on. But again, back to momentum, you have to use the throttle. You have to use it to steer. You have to use it to get you out across the sand. And it doesn't mean you got to go super fast, but what you got to do is find that comfort zone, whether it's 23 miles an hour or 40 miles an hour, whatever keeps you comfortably moving forward uh, is what you should do. And, and unfortunately, what we normally see when people come to train in the sand with me is one of two things. Either they don't maintain enough momentum and again, just fall over or have issues, or two, they're so intimidated, they try to go just as fast as possible, and they're not accustomed to riding that fast across the sand or anywhere, or they're not accustomed to how the bike is going to move around on you when you are riding in the sand. So again, number four, the throttle is your friend. Let's focus on finding that comfort zone and maintaining our momentum. All right, tip number five, let's talk about brakes and turning and 
You know, we talked about the throttle obviously being your friend and helping you navigate through the sand. Well, the brakes are kind of the enemy. Look, if you want to shed some momentum, make a turn, whatever, just chop the throttle a little bit. The bike is going to react accordingly. So if you want to make turns, plan them out in advance. I would recommend wider arcs than you would normally make. So pre-plan these things and just use the throttle. Either chop the throttle or accelerate to help your bike make the turn. But again, we're talking about in the previous tip, maintaining momentum in the sand, using the brakes, very detrimental to that, especially the front. I'm not going to say that I don't use the brakes in the sand all the time. I do, but I'm a little bit more experienced. So my advice to you again is to get very comfortable with the pace that you're riding, plan your turns, plan your moves well in advance, use wide arcs and just accelerate or chop the throttle accordingly and make those pivots, make those turns so you don't have an issue. Obviously, as you get more experienced in advanced riding, you'll you'll bring the brakes back into the equation, especially the rear brake for, for quick turns or pivots. But most of the time, you can scrub your speed off just by chopping the throttle and you get right back on it. You make a nice pivot. I mean, you can really, really control where the bike goes just by, um, again, utilizing that throttle. But the brakes, for the most part, Unless you get in a jam or maybe you get in some tight sections with the sand, you're not going to have to use them too much. And and I'll, I'll throw in a little bit of a bonus tip here. If you've got an adventure motorcycle that offers traction control or anything like that, while you're in the sand, I would recommend you shut those, shut those things off and uh, allow yourself to get as much wheel spin as humanly possible. Okay, tip number six, really simple. Last one, just practice. Just find a place to ride in some simple sand, a small area, a short section, whatever. I didn't get better at riding in the mud, riding ruts, riding motocross, racing off-road. I didn't get better at any of this stuff through not practicing. So my challenge for you in 2020 is to find some sand, apply the tips that you've learned here, learn some new stuff, learn some stuff about yourself in the sand, and become a better rider or a better sand rider in 2020. And, And oddly enough, you'll find out that a lot of these these tips apply to some other kind of unique scenarios um, in respect to, to, to riding. Like the mud, a lot of the same things apply, not all, and even the snow and ice. So we'll, we'll talk about those on, on future episodes. But again, my challenge to you here in 2020, just get out and practice. If you think that you need some hands-on instruction from me, benmotorcycleadventures.com forward slash adventure motorcycle training. There is no shortage of sand in Central Oregon. And we go through a whole host of other things too. So if you're interested in improving your riding or if you're transitioning to dirt from the street, come see me. We'll make you a better rider this year. Okay, listeners, I'm going to get out of here. I appreciate you tuning in once again. If you have any suggestions for riding tip uh, podcasts or videos that you'd like to see in the future, hit me up on the email. Hit me up on Instagram or Facebook. Again, my email is benmotorcycleadventures at gmail.com and we are at benmotorcycleadventures on both Facebook and Instagram. I would love to hear your feedback Uh, but for now we'll see you guys uh, next week and again regarding the coronavirus I hope everyone just stays healthy and safe. We'll see ya.